Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. And those fishermen who were ignorant of the higher learning, they're going to make the world marvel as it says in, for, in Acts 4.13, Acts 4.13, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. So what the world saw in these fishermen and what the world would come to only one conclusion, all the wisdom, all the power of these fishermen comes from one source, Acts 4.13, they had been with Jesus. So he chooses the fishermen, and they don't have any book knowledge, but they have one knowledge. They do have one knowledge. And that knowledge was they all knew business, the business of catching and selling fish. They knew that. These were all men of business. And that was important to the Lord because he was calling them into a business, the same business that he was in that he spoke about to his parents in Luke 2.49 when he was 12 years old. Luke 2.49. He said unto them, How is it that you sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? So he's calling these fishermen as men of business to come into his father's business, which is the business of saving and training souls for heaven. Now, at first, he sees two brothers. This is Simon and Peter and Andrew. They're brothers in the flesh, but he knows that when these two brothers follow him, which they did, these two brothers will become brothers on a higher plane as they're gonna become brothers of the spirit and the children of God and the family of God. And then he calls these two brothers, there Simon and Andrew, and he says to them in verse 19, verse 19, he saith unto them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. We know that he said that and we've been reading that a lot and so we gotta go back and say, What did they understand him to say? You know, it's kind of like when I was saved and Pastor Han said to me, have you ever received the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And I looked at him and I said, I don't even know what you just said. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so you can kind of imagine these fishermen say, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And they could have looked at him and says, I don't know what you just said. With that call, they understood certain things. First thing they understood is that he was saying, you are not a fisher of men. So he says, you'll become fishermen. So, and maybe you don't see how you can become a fisher of men. You don't even know what a fisher of men is, but I'll make you to become a fisher of men. You will understand what a fisher of men is and you will become a fisher of men. Okay, and maybe for a moment, I don't know, as they were thinking about this, that me? Maybe for that moment, they were thinking of Moses who was called 
to do what Moses thought, I can't do that. But God told Moses, I'll make you able to do that. And that's all given to us in Exodus 4.10. Exodus 4.10, where it says, Moses said unto the Lord, oh my Lord, I'm not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant. But I'm slow of speech and of a slow tongue. And the Lord said unto him, Lord said, oh, I didn't know. Oh, I, I'm sorry, I got the wrong person here. Okay, I'll go look for somebody else. Angels, why don't you do a better job? Give me the right person there. What's the matter with you? Anyway, the Lord didn't say that. He said, the Lord said unto him, who hath made man's mouth? Or maketh the dumb or the deaf in seeing or the blind? Have not I the Lord? You know, it's like the Lord said, I'm sorry, did you miss who made man's mouth? Do you think I really got it wrong? And then he said to Moses, Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth and teach thee what thou shalt say. Maybe they thought about that. A fisher of men, listen, I made fish. I made men. I'm gonna make you a fisher of men, and I will be with you. So what more What more did Simon and Andrew hear the Lord say when he said to them, he wants to be fishers of men? You know, they're going, fishers of men? What? I never heard of a fisher of men. wonder what it means to be a fisher of men. And I kind of wonder what came to their mind when they heard this, quickly came to their mind that he wanted them to become a fisher of men. I mean, they must have thought that he wanted them to do, I mean, where are fish? They're in the sea. (laughs) Where are men? They're in the world. They must have thought that he wanted them to do with the world what they did with the Sea of Galilee every day. I mean, each day they wake up and their first thought is the sea, the sea. And that's what a fisherman does. The first thought he wakes up is the sea. It's like the call of the sea. The sea is calling them, come, fish, take my fish. And every day they plan where they're going to go in the sea when they go for fish. I told you about my friend Juan as his panga boat, and he's like the best fisherman out there. And you know what he does? When he goes and finds a good spot and fish, he marks it with GPS, And then he goes back to that same place with the water. You know, you guys know that, right? So these fishermen, they plan where in the sea they're gonna fish. And then they cast their net as broad as they possibly can. I told you about Goody, who goes out there and casts the net out to catch the anchovies with the bait. And then they knew that they're gonna catch what they can't see. That net's gonna go down there and they're gonna be fished. They're gonna find out what they got after they pull the net up, but they can't see, they don't know. And they cast the net there. And in a sense, whether the net catches fish or it doesn't catch fish is totally out of their control. It's totally out of their control. Are they going to catch fish or not? But one thing they know for sure, they don't know whether they're going to catch any fish if they throw the net in there. Maybe, maybe not. But one thing's for sure. If they don't put the net in the water, they're not going to catch fish. They know that part. So so just keep the net in the boat if you don't want to catch fish. Okay, so... I mean, no fish is ever gonna jump in the boat and say, okay, here I am, you caught me, you know. And then also, they understood that they had faith in their net. I mean, we're gonna see a couple more later on, they're mending their net. They got faith, they got confidence in this net. It's gonna catch fish, whatever there happens to be under the net there. And if they didn't catch any fish, it's not the net's fault. It's not the net's fault, it's just that there weren't any fish there. And, And they also know that when they throw the net out, they just gotta wait a little bit, just be a little patient. Let the net settle in the water so the fish can swim into it. You pull up the net too soon, you're not gonna catch any fish. And they also knew that this fish business, it's hard work. 
I mean, it's hard work. They're out there working hard, and they're wet, and they're cold. And then they also know they have to be very patient. So the Lord comes to them in verse 19. He says, I want to make you fishers of men. That's radical for them to hear that. And that's like reprogramming their whole way of thinking. I mean, it's like, oh, instead of seeing the Sea of Galilee as a place where you catch fish, now he wants me to see the world as a place where you catch men. And instead of getting up each day and planning where I'm going to go in the Sea of Galilee to catch fish, now he wants me to get up each day and plan where I'm going to go to catch men. And instead of casting a net of these filaments, you know, broad as they, into the sea, oh, now he wants me to cast a net of his message to as many people as I can. And instead of the net catching what I can't see, oh, now his message is going to draw the hearts of men, then I won't be able to see that either, necessarily. And then instead of the net catching and it being out of my control, now the response to his message is really out of my control. But one thing's for sure, if I don't give the message, I'm not going to catch any men. If like, I don't catch the fish, if I don't throw the net out there, unless I preach the gospel, no one is going to be saved. Instead of having faith in their net to catch fish, now they have faith in the message, the gospel message. It's able to bring men to God. And instead of letting the net settle in the water, now don't be too anxious. Let people have a chance to think about the message, the gospel message, before asking them for a decision. And instead of all the hard work of being the wet and the cold out there, now expect that the gospel preaching is going to be hard work and patiently wait for souls. And so the whole call now is, you know about the sea? Now you got to learn about the world. You know how to attract fish? Now you got to learn how to attract people. You know how to risk your life in the sea? Now you're going to risk your life with the message. You go out every day and you expect to catch fish, even though you might not, but you expect in the same way. When you go out and preach his message, you expect there to be a a reaping. So this is all which is percolating through their minds. When these fishermen heard the Lord say in verse 19, I will make you fishers of men. And they never heard that before. But they didn't have time to think about it very much, very long at all. All they heard was, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And you gotta remember, we gotta think about how they remembered back when they were little kids, little kids, Elizabeth brought a cut with your grandchildren or something like that, little kids, you know, at church, you know, and they're looking all around in communion. Is that how you do it, you know? <laughs> and so, and, uh, so you got to remember back when these fishermen were children and their fisherman father said the same thing to them. Follow me and I will make you fishers of fish. So they're thinking, oh, this is going to be a repeat. It's just a repeat of what's already happened to me when I was a child. I mean, I followed my dad, and he made me a fisher of fish. Now, instead of dad, it's going to be the Lord Jesus, and I'm going to be like a child, and I'm going to learn from him how to be a fisher of men. So they thought back on when they were children, and they weren't fishers of fish, but their father made them fishers of fish, and because he taught them. And so now they're just thinking, okay, this is going to repeat itself. So all this takes place in a moment, in a moment in their minds, and their response is immediate, and it's complete. And just took a moment, and it says in verse 20, they straightway left their nets and followed him. So they heard his call for them to be fishers of men, and I don't know whether they went through all those things I went through in my mind, but they said enough. Maybe only all they heard was really the first part, the best part, which was follow me. 
Maybe they didn't really think about the fisher of men. I don't know. But anyway, but just with, if they've just only heard that, follow me, they would say, oh, this is an opportunity for me to be close to him. This is an opportunity for me to have a fellowship with him in my life and in his work, which, by the way, is the way that we have a close communion with God when we are doing the work that he does, as it says in 2 Corinthians 6.1, 2 Corinthians 6.1. We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. Now, when it says they straightway left their nets, another way of interpreting that in verse 20 is to, you know, they straightway left their, if you want to, the Tom Cantor paraphrase anyway. They straightway left their net would be, they said, deal. And they took him up on his offer. So why? Because when he said that, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men, somehow it struck a chord in them. I mean, they'd have heard about him, they love him, okay. But it struck a chord also because that kind of appealed to something deep in their heart, kind of like a yearning, you know, a yearning. And you can imagine, you know, these guys out there going out there every day with the wet and the cold and so forth, and they're thinking to themselves, is this all there is to life? Is this it? Every day the same, every day the same routine, you know, prep the boat, launch the boat, cast the net, draw up the fish, prep the fish, sell the fish, and then rest so you do it again. Is this all life's all about? And so they're yearning for something more in life. And like today, you know, this is, people are saying this. Is this all there is to life? You know, every day the same, every day the same routine. Get in the car, sit in the traffic, work at my job, get in the car, sit in more traffic, get home, rest up enough to repeat the same routine the next day. Is that all there is in life? I yearn for more in life. And so it's to this yearning that the Lord Jesus speaks right to their hearts. He says, hey, follow me. I'll make you fish as a man. And right away, they're hearing, oh, the monotony of my life can be transformed to something momentous. This purposeless that I feel can all be replaced by a purpose in life. And this emptiness in life, it can be fulfilling. So just think of the impact of what the Lord said to them. Fishers of men versus fishers of fish. And a man is much more valuable than a fish. So this is the effect that his call had and their response is immediate. And sometimes, you know, maybe we look at something like that. That was radical. I couldn't do that. What, I'm supposed to leave my family and leave my job and follow the law? I say, I could do that. And you know, that's when the power of God becomes important because it says in Philippians 2.13, Philippians 2.13, that God actually works inside of us And his work is to make us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Like it says in Psalm 110.3, Psalm 110.3, thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. Now, they go, maybe they felt like Abraham at that point, felt like Moses, felt like Abraham. In Hebrews 11.8, Hebrews 11.8, where it says, by faith Abraham, when he was called to go into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whither he went. Can you imagine that? I'm leaving. Where are you going? I don't know. <laughs> oh, I think I'll follow you, you know. But he obeyed. And the reason that Abraham obeyed was because Abraham had come to the same place that Paul had come to. And when he wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.12, 2 Timothy 1.12, Paul said, for which cause I also suffer these things, 
Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed. Now, they didn't know where, but they knew who. And Abraham didn't know where, but Abraham knew who. And these fishermen didn't know how they were gonna be fishers of men, but they knew who was gonna make them fishers of men. Now, he goes on, he's walking by the Sea of Galilee. Verse 21, he sees two more brothers. Two more brothers go on from thence. He saw two other brethren, verse 21, James, the son of Zebedee and John, his brother, in a ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Okay, so now again, these two more brothers, these James and John, they're the son, the father, Zebedee is in the boat with them, and he sees those men are gonna become brothers on a higher plane. They're gonna become brothers in spirit in the family of God, and they'll follow the Lord. And so what are they doing there? These two brothers are not casting nets. They're getting their nets ready. They're mending them. It says there, they're getting them ready to start fishing. And just as they're getting ready to fish, you know, there's an anticipation before you start out fishing. Oh, yeah, launch off, you know, kind of. Just as they're getting ready to fish, he calls them. I mean, what an inconvenient time for him to call them. I mean, what a time. If they're getting ready to fish. Maybe after I fish today, I'll follow you. What a time when these two brothers, James and John, could have said, let me first go and fish today, then I'll follow you. And this is the one of the greatest dangers that we face in life. It's the plague. Now, I speak from my own experience. The plague of our souls. It's the let me first and go plague that we fight all the time. You know, we want to have our morning devotions and, oh, let me first go and do this, then I'll have my devotions, you know. And what the Lord has called us to do something, oh, let me go first do this, then I'll do that. And this was a problem with two men that the Lord described in Luke 9.59. Luke 9.59. Luke 9.59, the Lord said, he said unto another, follow me. And he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their dead. Go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go and farewell which are at home my house. Jesus said unto him, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now, it seems reasonable for the one person to say, my father just died, can I bury him, you know? And the other one says, what, I'm just supposed to walk off here and not even say goodbye to the people back home? And the Lord was saying, no, no, you're not. And so, because the whole problem here was that these two men had the disease of let me first go, and, and isn't it interesting that when they said that, let me first go, both these men said the same word. What was that word? I'm gonna ask you a question. What was that word? And I'll read it to you. The first man, he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And another said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go and bid them farewell which are at home in my house. What was the word? Lord, that was the thing. Both of these men called Jesus Lord. Now, that shows it's not enough to call Jesus Lord because he said in Matthew 7.21, Matthew 7.21, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, think of these two men, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and thy name done, cast out devils, done many wonderful works. Then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. 
Depart from me, you that work iniquity. These two said, Lord, let me first go. And it didn't make any sense when they said, Lord, let me first go. You can't say, Lord, and then say, let me first go. I mean, you have to say, Lord, I'll go now. Or you have to say, not say, Lord, and just say, let me first go, and don't say, Lord. Because it makes no sense to say, Lord, let me first go. It's either one or the other. It can't be, Lord, let me first go, because these two have the disease of, let me first go, and they both call Jesus Lord. And that's why the Lord said unto them, not a few, not a few, but many have this disease. Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, and then they'll try to get into heaven, and they're gonna be cast out, and he's gonna say, I never knew you. I never knew you as what? What he meant, he, he never knew them like he knew these four brothers who were characterized in verse 20, Matthew 4, 20, as they straightway left their nets and followed him. And in verse 22, Matthew 4, 22, they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. When the Lord called them, he knew these four did not have the disease of let me first go. And he knows them because they immediately follow him. Now, this response of these two brothers, the second set, James and John, in verse 22. Verse 22 is, they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. Now, it's called out for us in this first group of uh, Peter and Andrew that they left their nets, which is like their occupation. But the second group here of James and John They not only left their nets, but it's specifically called out they left their father, who evidently decided that himself is not gonna follow the Lord. I want us just to kind of capture that scene a little bit of James and John in the boat with their father, and the Lord calls them to follow them. And just at that moment when they're deciding, you know, the decision that they have to make is is a little bit more than from the first two because their father's right there with them. And so the decision is, Should I really leave my father? Should I really leave my family? Should I really leave my people? And this is the moment of decision that the Lord was referring to when he said in Matthew 10, 37, Matthew 10, 37, he that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. So it's that moment of choice there for James and John when they have to choose between the Lord Jesus and their father, and that moment when their father, he might have said to them, you have to stay with me and not go with Jesus. I don't care who's calling you. You stay here. You have to honor your father above Jesus. That's maybe his father's, I don't know. You must love me more than Jesus. So when it came to that choice, where we're seeing here John and James in the boat with their father, when it came to love Jesus more than their father, or love their father more than Jesus, that's the time, this is the instance when the Lord said, when you're faced with this choice, he said that in Matthew 10, 37, Matthew 10, 37, he that loveth father more than me is not worthy of me. And then in Luke 14, 26, kind of like amplifying it a little bit, Luke 14, 26, he says, if any man come to me and hate not his father, he cannot be my disciple. Now, what does he mean by that? teaching we should hate our father? What is that? No, when it comes down to love Jesus or love your father, the response must be to not love the father more than Jesus, or as the Lord put it in those rare instances, to hate the father in comparison. 
no middle ground. To follow the Lord is to leave all. Now, you can imagine their father at this point, you know, seeing his two sons get up and saying, hey, where are you going? You know, I raised you and I trained you to take over my business. What are you doing? Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at TomCantor at FriendshipWithGod.org, Tom Cantor at FriendshipWithGod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. 